hope y'all don't mind if I stand up here. Something about being up there just makes me uncomfortable. Um, one thing I'm going to not do tonight is I'm not going to do like the preacher did. There's this guy that uh, came into worship. I got to remember these things right here. There's this guy that came into worship and they were going through all the uh, usual things they do in worship. And the preacher gets up to preach and he just keeps preaching, keeps preaching, and keeps preaching. And so the guy just gets up and starts to walk out. The preacher said, wait, man, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get a haircut. He said, why didn't you get a haircut before you came here? He said, I didn't need one then. So, I'm not going to preach until you need a haircut. Um, there is a, something important, though, that I want to share with you uh, this evening. Um, if you look at the title, where's the church in all of this? And you're going to understand in just a few minutes what all of this is. But along with that, I'd like to add God's rescue mission. And in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have, I got a couple of videos that I want to show. Um, one is by the Save Asian Souls ministry that we are uh, a part of and that we support. And another one is by the Tim Tebow Foundation. And you'll, you'll, get, you'll get the gist of what we're going to do uh, through seeing those videos. Uh, you know, if you, if you look in your Bible over in Luke chapter 10, in verse 2, Jesus says there that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And then over in 2 Corinthians 5, in verse 20, the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And as I think about that, I think, you know what? The work that we do as a church is important work. There is a, an urgency to our work. And the work that we do is much needed. As you'll see in these two videos that we're going to watch. Um, you ready, Robbie? They're, they're both about five minutes each, so it's going to take about ten minutes. The average age of human trafficking victims is 14. The number of girls enslaved across the globe, 36 million. 98% of sex trafficking victims worldwide are women and girls. The sex trade continues to worsen with each passing year. Our goal is to rescue teens, approximately ages 12 to 20, in Asia, who would possibly become targets for human trafficking to other countries. We provide a safe place to live, Bible teaching, vocational education, and assistance in finding work for the girls. This is not just a dormitory, it is their home. 
ki malam ni aku pun belajar di sungai Mahodi Kuanan ni temani ke Bumi sampai bumi mendel Lalu ni aku berhak jenuh ke bawah No bumi yang sipai lalu ni aku berhak Ni yang hidup yang bongku Bumi biasnya yang bongku Ni yang sihat lalu Dan kerebok suara sini ขอบคุณพระเจ้าที่ยังมีคนนึงนั่นเราคือจากพวกใจเขาไปเจ้าคือไอ้ห้องคนอีกเขาไปอยู่กันพี่น้องคือพอสิยุลมกันแล้วเ
our goal is to rescue teens. These girls will be going to school, living in safety, and experiencing the love of God. over and over and over again finally realizes that she's valuable not because of her body but she's valuable because of her worth her inherent God-given worth that changes a life but I would say just like anything some of them hit you harder than others with one young girl who was a beggar for her family when she was a little girl and she didn't make enough money and so her mom was so mad at her that when she got home she boiled out her eye and she did that so that she would look even worse so that she would make more as a beggar so when she was put back on the street, she still didn't make enough. So they sold her as a slave. Um, and thankfully, and a few years after, we were able to be part of a team that um, was able to rescue her and bring her to a safe place but I still couldn't. Hard to understand. That wasn't done by this evil man that was trying to make a lot of money and it's not like the movie Taken. This was done because a mom was on her own and she got caught up in a lot of bad things and her child became worthless to her. She was willing to trade her child for a couple of dollars. And not only was she willing to trade her, but she was willing to brutally traumatize her daughter so that they would make more. So when I think about a sweet young girl and everything she's been through, and thankfully where she's at now, and the, the love that she's experiencing, even though to me it feels like oh, it's just so late, but God and his sovereignty is never late. And as mad and as frustrated and as disappointed as I was slash sometimes still am, 
I know that, that my empathy or sympathy or love for her never, never, never compares to what God's love for this sweet young girl was, is, and will always be. And so I have trouble coping with it with my own thoughts or feelings. But how I do it is I know that that while I can never share her name to this camera, God's never forgotten her name. And while I've only understood a tiny bit of her pain, God knows every bit of it. And while it makes me so happy to see her enjoy some of the just easy things in life and having brothers and sisters and, and joy and being able to go to school and having friends, I, I also get encouraged by thinking, how much more does God get joy out of it? And there's just no comparison. You know, uh, as I was trying to prepare for this message tonight, I found myself struggling to uh, find the right words to, to at least accurately describe how, how great our worth is to God as it pertains to His rescue mission. And how much God depends on us as His church in this rescue mission to be carried out. And so, you know, these videos, after watching these videos, I realize that that what we do matters. As the body of Christ, we have an enormous responsibility and a huge role to play in God's rescue mission. And I'm not just talking about I'm not just talking about stopping human trafficking, which is a tragedy, and, it, and it's super important. And if you wanted to involve yourself in that ministry, I would encourage you to do so. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about rescuing someone from the evil one. Terry talked this morning in his lesson about how, in the days of Noah, how active Satan was. And he's active today. And so... The mission is to rescue people from Him. Helping them to realize that instead of death and destruction, they can have hope and they can have peace. That is the rescue mission that God has tasked His church with. You see, if you understand something about God, you'll understand that God is in the rescue business. 
uh, Paul, Paul understood this better than most people. Listen to what Paul said over in Second uh, Timothy chapter three. In verse eleven, he he begins this verse by talking about his persecutions that he'd suffered in in uh, Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, and he said, "Which persecutions I endured, yet from them all, the Lord rescued me." And then over in Second Timothy chapter four and verse eighteen, he said, "The Lord." will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Even Nebuchadnezzar understood God's power to rescue. In Daniel 3.29, Nebuchadnezzar says this, There is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And, of course, you remember that was after uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been rescued by God from the furnace. And then King Darius in uh, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 27 says this about God. He said, He delivers and rescues. And, of course, this was after Daniel had been rescued from the lion's den. God knows how to rescue. That's the business that God is in. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. You watch these two videos. What would happen if the Save Asian Souls ministry or if the Tim Tebow Foundation, which provides safe houses for all these young people who have been taken advantage of. What if those two organizations did not exist? Where would those young people that had been rescued, where would they be? What would happen if God's people were not involved in these ministries? What would happen to these people? I hope you heard uh, in the Save Asian Souls video, I hope you heard some of the um, comments the young ladies were making. I hope some of those kind of stuck in your mind. The first one that stuck in my mind was the first young lady said, I'm learning about God and all the good things that go with that. There's a lot of good things that go with God, right? The second young lady says, and I love this one now, this is, this is my favorite. I am very thankful to God that one of my friends knew a Christian. And then she also said, thank God for our supporters who allow us to be here. The work that we do, what we do as a church and as a body of Christ, those things matter. You know, I guess it would be easy for me to ask a question, especially when you consider the things that we know that are going on in the world today. Terry talked about how bad it was before God uh, destroyed 
the earth with a flood, how he flooded the earth. And all those people died, millions of people. And it's bad today, too. So people might say, they might ask the question, you know, where is God in all of this? And all these things that are going on in today's world, where is God? And I would say, read James 1.17. Because the Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And listen at this. With whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So my answer to that question is God is always where he's always been. He's there ready to extend his mercy. Ready to offer hope and to offer peace to a lost and confused world, and people who are hurting in this world. God's ready. He's there. He's ready to rescue the perishing. We sing that song sometimes, rescue the perishing. God's ready for that. But I guess the hard question for you and for me to ask would be this. Where's the church in all of this? What part are we playing in God's rescue mission? Turn your Bibles over if you would like over to Colossians chapter 3. I want to I talk about what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae while he was actually in prison in Rome. He wrote this letter to the church. And over in chapter 3, beginning in verse 12... This is what Paul says. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you indeed, you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And listen, friends, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I read that and, and, and I believe that in order to be a part of God's rescue mission, there are certain virtues that we as God's chosen must put on, as Paul describes here in this text. Now, I hope every one of you understand that um, in order to 
be qualified as God's chosen ones, a person must be in Christ. I don't want us to be confused about that. Because the chosen are the ones that have been baptized into Christ. That's what Paul's talking about here. And Paul says we need to put on a compassionate heart. But why is is that important? Do you think that those people in those two videos had compassionate hearts? See, compassion moves a person to feel the hurts of others. And it moves that person to the degree that we will want to help them in times of need or suffering. It moves us to want to help people. Paul also said that we should put on kindness. Because kindness motivates a Christian to respond to others in a tender way. Without harshness and without rudeness. That's what kindness does. Paul says, put on humility. I believe that humility causes people to see all classes of people as God sees them. And does not exalt oneself above other people. I believe that's what humility does. God sees people as a people that are worth saving. God sees people that need to be rescued. We need to understand that. And we need to see them in the same way. God also, Paul says also in this text that we should put on meekness. Now, some versions use the word gentleness. See, meekness, meekness provides a cushion in relationships that softens the rough edges of personality. You know, we don't all have the same type of personalities. Some of our personalities are a little bit rougher than others, Right? But it's the meek, the gentle, soft touch that appeals to the heart of others. That's what ambassadors of Christ should be. And then he goes on to say, beyond verse 12, that we should bear with one another. That's not always easy, is it? See, this is a big one for me. I think this is a big, big thing. Because this this type of quality that a person possesses, it's a quality that causes a person to overlook insults. With this type of quality, a person can endure certain obstacles. And this type of person will refuse, refuse to retaliate when that person has been wrong. So I think that's a big thing for us 
He talks about, also in this text, about forgiving. Which is a quality of God's very nature. A person that can forgive is a person that's not going to hold a grudge, but a person is going to forget that wrong that was done to them. That's the way a forgiving person does. And then he says finally that love binds all these virtues together. Blending concern and compassion for other people. And so that leads to a willingness on our part to sacrifice. To sacrifice self for the betterment of other people. Isn't that what ambassadors of Christ should be doing? Amen. Isn't that what someone who is involved in God's rescue mission, isn't that something that they should be doing? You know, I think about I think about myself being a part of the church and being a part of God's rescue mission. And I don't like I don't like what I see because I'm coming up way too short. But see, we got to get beyond that. And we got to understand that God's rescue mission is a critical part of God's marvelous plan. We got to get over our fears and those things that hold us back from being a part of God's rescue mission. We got to get over those things, brethren. We got to begin to see other people the way that God sees them. Worthy of salvation. There's people that we're going to come in contact with almost daily that don't act and talk and think the same way we do. There's people that are going to come into this building that are people that we would consider to be not church or whatever that means. And we got to get over the prejudgments and we got to see people the way God sees people. You know, I, I, as I've watched those two videos, and I think about the lives of these people before they were rescued by either the Save Asian Souls Ministry or the Tim Tebow Foundation. Think about how much better their life is now. Because people cared enough for them and saw them as someone who was worthy of God's salvation. Shouldn't we do the same?
You know, I think about the fact that human beings are the only part of God's creation who bears the sacred image of God. Did y'all know that? Of course you did. And when people lose sight of the image of God in mankind, human beings begin to be treated like animals. And life becomes cheap and worthless. And that leads to all kinds of atrocities. Everything that you could imagine. Because people have lost sight of the value of another human being. I'm glad that God didn't make us all the same. I'm glad that God didn't make us robotic in nature. I'm glad that God allows us to be able to choose to serve Him. I'm glad that God set a plan in motion that even the worst people could be saved. I think about what Paul talked about over in 2 Thessalonians. Let's look at that for just a second. Over in 2 Thessalonians in the first chapter, Beginning in verse 5, this is what Paul writes. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, Inflicting vengeance, listen to this now, on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. And for me, this next part of this verse is the worst of all away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Can you imagine, especially for us, knowing what we know about God, knowing how much God loves each one of us and how much God counts us as something worthy to be saved. Can you imagine having to be away from his presence for eternity? Well, that's what it's going to be like for some people. Especially if his church is not a part of the rescue mission. I think it was in um I think it was in Chad's class this morning. Or no, Steve prayed this morning about 
the church not being persecuted? Well, I can tell you why the church in America is not persecuted. It's not because we're protected by the government because, as Terry told us this morning, this morning Satan's going to find a way around that. You know why the church in America is not persecuted? Because the church in America is not doing anything. He don't care. Satan's not going to bother a church that's dying. There's a lot of dying churches in America because people are complacent and they're comfortable and they don't want to be uncomfortable. And I'm one of those people. And I'm ashamed of it. Brethren, we got to get involved in God's rescue mission. If the church is being persecuted, that's not a bad thing. Amen? It shows that we're doing something right. Satan's going to find a way. People over in the Middle East, they get killed for going to church, for going to worship. We don't have that problem here. They do. They don't stop them. So by way of invitation tonight, I want to encourage you. That's what this lesson's all about. It's about encouraging each of us to get into the rescue mission. Because that's what God cares about. God is a rescuer. And we need to get on board with him. If you hadn't obeyed the gospel tonight, you heard what Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians. You don't want to find yourself away from God for eternity. If there's things that you need help with in your life. The church stands ready. I'm going to have Terry come up here in just a couple of minutes when we sing the invitation song. And the church is ready to help you in whatever need you have. And I want to encourage you all. Let's get involved in the rescue mission. Let's hold each other accountable. And let's get this thing going in a way that pleases God. And let's give him the honor and the glory for it. If you're subject to the invitation, if we can help you in any way this evening, we ask you to come now as we stand and as we sing.